Today is August 13th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in and welcome back. I am so grateful that you decided to show up and join me on this voyage through the Word of God. It is Sunday. It's a beautiful day, a day of renewal, rejuvenation, and restoration. And as we cross over this threshold into a new week, this is also a great day to reset, to refocus, and to be reinvigorated in the Word of God. Now, in today's readings, we're going to see how God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things for His glory. We're going to see how God calls us to be faithful stewards of the resources and opportunities He gives us. We'll see how God teaches us to love Him and to love others with humility and grace. And we'll see how God reveals His character and His power through His creation and His Word. Now also, because it's Sunday, we're starting a new translation this week. We're reading from the Christian Standard Bible. This is one of my favorite translations. It's very clear. It is very relatable. It is very informative, and it is also very true to the original text. All right, y'all, let's start flowing in these verses. Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 14 through chapter 7, verse 73. Good and bad governors. Furthermore, from the day King Artaxerxes appointed me to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the twentieth year until his thirty-second year, twelve years, I and my associates never ate from the food allotted to the governor. The governors who preceded me had heavily burdened the people, taking from them food and wine as well as a pound of silver. Their subordinates also oppressed the people, but because of the fear of God, I didn't do this. Instead, I devoted myself to the construction of this wall, and all my subordinates were gathered there for the work. We didn't buy any land. There were 150 Jews and officials, as well as guests from the surrounding nations at my table. Each day, one ox, six choice sheep, and some fowl were prepared for me. An abundance of all kinds of wine was provided every ten days. But I didn't demand the food allotted to the governor because the burden on the people was so heavy. Remember me favorably, my God, for all that I have done for this people. Attempts to discourage the builders. When Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that no gap was left in it, though at that time I had not installed the doors in the city gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent me a message. Come, let's meet together in the villages of the Ono Valley. They were planning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing important work and cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same proposal and I gave them the same reply. Sam Ballant sent me this message a fifth time by his aide, who had an open letter in his hand. In it was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem agrees, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. This is the reason you are building the wall. According to these reports, you are to become their king and have even set up the prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim on your behalf there is a king in Judah. These rumors will be heard by the king. So come, let's confer together. Then I replied to him, 
There is nothing to these rumors you are spreading. You are inventing them in your own mind. For they were all trying to intimidate us, saying, They will drop their hands from the work and it will never be finished. But now, my God, strengthen my hands. Attempts to intimidate Nehemiah. I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, son of Mehetabel, who was restricted to his house. He said, Let's meet at the house of God inside the temple. Let's shut the temple doors because they're coming to kill you. They're coming to kill you tonight. But I said, should a man like me run away? How can someone like me enter the temple and live? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him because of the prophecy he spoke against me. Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He was hired so that I would be intimidated do as he suggested, sin, and get a bad reputation in order that they could discredit me. My God, remember Tobiah and Sanballat for what they have done, and also the prophetess Noadiah and the other prophets who wanted to intimidate me. The wall completed. The wall was completed in 52 days, on the 25th day of the month, Elul. When all our enemies heard this, all the surrounding nations were intimidated and lost their confidence, for they realized that this task had been accomplished by our God. During those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and Tobiah's letters came to them. For many in Judah were bound by oath to him, since he was a son-in-law of Shechaniah, son of Arah, and his son Jehohanan had married the daughter of Meshullam, son of Berechiah. These nobles kept mentioning Tobiah's good deeds to me, and they reported my words to him, and Tobiah sent letters to intimidate me. The Exiles Return When the wall had been rebuilt and I had the doors installed, the gatekeepers, singers, and Levites were appointed. Then I put my brother Hanani in charge of Jerusalem, along with Hananiah, commander of the fortress, because he was a faithful man who feared God more than most. I said to them, Do not open the gates of Jerusalem until the sun is hot, and let the doors be shut and securely fastened while the guards are on duty. Station the citizens of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts, and some at their homes. The city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it, and no houses had been built yet. Then my God put it into my mind to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the people to be registered by genealogy. I found the genealogical record of those who came back first, and I found the following written in it. These are the people of the province who went up among the captive exiles deported by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Each of them returned to Jerusalem and Judah to his own town. They came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Remiah, Nahamani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mizpareth, Bigvi, Nahum, and Bayana. The number of Israelite men included Parash's descendants, 2,172, Shephatiah's descendants, 372, Arah's descendants, 652, Pehath Moab's descendants, Jeshua's and Joab's descendants, 2,818, Elam's descendants, 1,254, Zatu's descendants, 845, Zakai's descendants, 760, Benui's descendants, 648, Babai's descendants, 628, 
Asgat's descendants, 2,322. Adonikam's descendants, 667. Bigvi's descendants, 2,067. Aden's descendants, 655. Atur's descendants of Hezekiah, 98. Hashem's descendants, 328. Basai's descendants, 324. Haref's descendants, 112. Gibeon's descendants, 95. Bethlehem's and Natopha's men, 188. Anathoth's men, 128. Beth Asmaveth's men, 42. Kiriathajerim's, Shephira's, and Biriath's men, 743. Ramaz and Geba's men, 621. Mikmas's men, 122. Bethel's and Aid's men, 123. The other Nebo's men, 52. The other Elam's people, 1,254. Harem's people, 320. Jericho's people, 345. Lod's, Hadid's, and Ono's people, 721. Sinai's people, 3,930. The priests included Jediah's descendants of the house of Jeshua, 973. Emmer's descendants, 1,052. Pasher's descendants, 1,247. Harem's descendants, 1,017. The Levites included Jeshua's descendants of Cadmiel, Hodeva's descendants, 74. The singers included Asaph's descendants, 148. The gatekeepers included Shalom's descendants, Atur's descendants, Talman's descendants, Akub's descendants, Hatita's descendants, Shobai's descendants, 138. The temple servants included Zeha's descendants, Hasufa's descendants, Tabaoth's descendants, Keros's descendants, Sia's descendants, Padon's descendants, Lebanon's descendants, Hagaba's descendants, Shalmai's descendants, Hanan's descendants, Gidel's descendants, Gehar's descendants, Riaya's descendants, Rezin's descendants, Nakoda's descendants, Gazam's descendants, Uzzah's descendants, Pasia's descendants, Besai's descendants, Mayunim's descendants, Nefeshisim's descendants, Bakbuk's descendants, Hakufa's descendants, Harher's descendants, Basleth's descendants, Mahida's descendants, Harsha's descendants, Barkos's descendants, Sisera's descendants, Tima's descendants, Neziah's descendants, Hatifa's descendants, the descendants of Solomon's servants included, Sotai's descendants, Sopharet's descendants, Parida's descendants, Jayala's descendants, Darkon's descendants, Gidel's descendants, Shephatiah's descendants, Hatil's descendants, Poshereth Hazebiam's descendants, Amon's descendants, all the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants, 392. The following are those who came from Telmila, Telharsha, Cherub, Adan, and Emmer, but were unable to prove that their ancestral families and their lineage were Israelite, Deliah's descendants, Tobiah's descendants, and Nakoda's descendants. And from the priests, the descendants of Hobiah, the descendants of Hakaz, and the descendants of Barzillai, who had taken a wife from the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and who bore their name, these searched for their entries in the genealogical records, but they could not be found, so they were disqualified from the priesthood. The governor ordered them not to eat the most holy things until there was a priest who could consult the Urim and Thummim. The whole combined assembly numbered 42,360, not including their 7,337 male and female servants, as well as their 245 male and female singers. 
They had 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the family heads contributed to the project. The governor gave 1,000 gold coins, 50 bowls, and 530 priestly garments to the treasury. Some of the family heads gave 20,000 gold coins and 2,200 silver minas to the treasury for the project. The rest of the people gave 20,000 gold coins, 2,000 silver minas, and 67 priestly garments. The priests, Levites, gatekeepers, temple singers, some of the people, temple servants, and all Israel settled in their towns. Public Reading of the Law When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns... 1 Corinthians chapter 8 Food Offered to Idols Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone thinks he knows anything, he does not yet know it as he ought to know it. But if anyone loves God, he is known by him. About eating food sacrificed to idols then, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father. All things are from him and we exist for him. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things are through him and we exist through him. However, not everyone has this knowledge. Some have been so used to idolatry up until now that when they eat food sacrificed to an idol, their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are not worse off if we don't eat, and we are not better if we do eat. But be careful that this right of yours in no way becomes a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone sees you, the one who has knowledge, dining in an idol's temple, won't his weak conscience be encouraged to eat food offered to idols? So the weak person, the brother or sister for whom Christ died, is ruined by your knowledge. Now when you sin like this against brothers and sisters and wound their weak conscience, you are sinning against Christ. Therefore, if food causes my brother or sister to fall, I will never again eat meat so that I won't cause my brother or sister to fall. Psalm 33 verses 1 through 11. Praise to the Creator. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous ones. Praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the lyre. Make music to him with a ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song to him. Play skillfully on the strings with a joyful shout. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is trustworthy. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the Lord's unfailing love. The heavens were made by the word of the Lord and all the stars by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water of the sea into a heap. He puts the depths into storehouses. Let the whole earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came into being. He commanded and it came into existence. The Lord frustrates the counsel of the nations. He thwarts the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Proverbs 21 verses 8 through 10. A guilty one's conduct is crooked, but the behavior of the innocent is upright. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a nagging wife. 
A wicked person desires evil. He has no consideration for his neighbor. Okay, so there is definitely a lot to unpack in today's reading, and I hope I get an opportunity to go back um, on another day this week and revisit some of these passages before today. I want to talk about Nehemiah. So Nehemiah has this vision from God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that had been broken down by the enemy. Now, he has a burden for his people who were living in disgrace and danger as they had come back from exile. Now, because of this, Nehemiah leaves his comfortable position as the king's cupbearer and goes back to his homeland to do the work that God has called him to do. But Nehemiah, on this mission from the Lord, was definitely not alone. He had some enemies who didn't want him to succeed. They were Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the leaders of the surrounding nations. And these guys tried everything they could to stop Nehemiah from building this wall. They mocked him. They threatened him. They lied on him. They even tried to trick him into meeting with them so they could harm him. But Nehemiah was not moved by their scheme. He was so focused. He knew that God was with him and that he had a divine assignment to complete. He didn't let their words or their actions distract or deter him or discourage him from his purpose. He stayed centered on the task at hand and he kept on building the wall. And this is what he says to them when they invite him to come down from the wall to meet with them. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? That's Nehemiah 6.3. Message, I can't come down. That's where I want to part because that's what I want you to say today, my friends. I want you to say, I can't come down because you are doing a great work for God, whatever it is, and you can't afford to lose your focus or your faith. You cannot afford to let the enemy distract or divert or discourage you from your destiny. You can't afford to let naysayers, haters, doubters, or critics stop you from fulfilling the calling that is on your life. You have a vision from God, something that he has placed in your heart. You have a burden. Maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's for your community. Maybe it's for our country. Maybe it's for your generation as a whole. You even have the courage to step up and out of your comfort zone and to do what God has called you to do. But you also, you have some enemies who may not want you to succeed. And sometimes the enemy is enemy, as Dr. Jamal Bryant says, the enemy may be internal, but the enemy could also be people who are close to you or people who are far from you. It could be people who know you or people who don't know you. Your enemy could even be memories from your past that are keeping you trapped, imprisoned, and stuck. But whatever form the enemy takes in your life, he is trying everything he can to stop you from building your wall. He's trying to hold you up, hold you back, or hold you down. Watch this. Not just so that he can distract or detract or divert you from whatever your purpose is. He's doing it so that he can harm you, so that he can destroy you, so that he can kill you. That is literally his job. I just said this recently on an episode of Continued, which is our church's YouTube show that airs every Monday morning. But what I want you to tell the enemy today or whatever 
day that he tries to come for you is that I cannot come down. And you have to recognize the enemy for who he is because it can sometimes be these ploys, these schemes, these tricks can be very deceptive and very subtle. They can come in different forms. They can come from our loved ones. They can come from our friends. They can come again from inside. But you are doing a great work for God and nothing else matters more than that. You're doing a great work for God and he is with you and he's going to help you finish it. When Nehemiah said, I can't come down, he wasn't being arrogant. He wasn't being rude. He wasn't being disrespectful or disobedient. He was being faithful and obedient to the one who mattered. He was being wise and discerning. He was focused and determined. He knew that if he came down from that wall, he would be wasting his time and energy on something that was not important or beneficial. He knew that if he came down from that wall, he would be exposing himself and his people to danger or harm. He knew that if he came down from that wall, he would be disobeying God and dishonoring his calling. He knew what his place was and that was on the wall not off of it he knew that his priority was the work of god not the words of men he knew that his destiny was in god's hands not in his enemy's hands and that's what i want you to know today y'all i want you to know that your place is on the wall it's not off the wall i want you to know that your priority is the work of god not the accolades, the praise, the comments, the compliments, the words of men. None of that stuff matters at the end of the day. Your destiny, your calling, your purpose, what it is that God created you to do, it is all in God's hand and you have to put your trust in him so that he can lead you to it and through it. So don't let anyone or anything pull you down from your wall. Don't let anything or anyone discourage you from doing the thing that you know you're supposed to do. Don't let anyone or anything stop you or slow you down from achieving your purpose. Just just keep on building your wall brick by brick, Will Smith said in his memoir, brick by brick. Keep on doing great work. Just keep on saying when they come for you, I can't come down. I'm sorry. Not today. I can't come down because you can't. You can't come down from your wall because of what God has done for you. You can't come down from your wall because of what God is doing in you. You can't come down from your wall because of what God wants to do through you. God has called you to do something important and significant for his kingdom, no matter who you are. I want you to know that God has given you that vision and that purpose because it is bigger than you. God has equipped you and empowered you to do something that no one else can do. You have a wall to build. Okay, you have a wall to build for God. You have a great work to do for God. So say it with me one more time. Let's practice it together. I can't come down. I can't come down. All right, y'all, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you today thanking you for the vision and the purpose and the calling that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for your word and for these stories that remind us that we are to always keep our mind stayed on you and the thing that you have created us to do. Lord, help us to stay focused on you 
and this work. Give us the strength and the courage to keep building our wall, even in the face of opposition and distractions. Lord, help us to trust in your plan for our lives and know that you are with us always. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would remove any fear, any doubts, or any lack of belief or worry that may be holding us back from fulfilling our purpose. Lord, we pray for wisdom to know when to stand firm and when to take action. We ask that you would reveal to us the next steps that we need to take to complete the work that you have given us. Lord, we pray for guidance and direction in every decision that we make. We know that we can't do this alone, but with you, all things are possible. We need your help. We need your strength. We need your grace every step of the way. So we surrender ourselves to you, Lord, and we ask that you would use us for your glory. We trust in your plan for our lives, and we know that with you, Lord, we are going to make it through. We are going to make something meaningful. We are going to make something incredible and amazing. Lord, we just need you to be with us, Lord. So we are just asking right now for more of your presence, more of your anointing, more of your glory, whatever it is that we need to accomplish and fulfill your will. Lord, we ask that you would give it to us today. Give us a double portion of it today. Lord, we ask all of these things in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all the people of God said together, amen. And our affirmation for today, I am diligently pursuing my purpose. I can't come down. I am diligently pursuing my purpose. I can't come down. And our aphorism for today, mm, this is a tough one. If I accept you as you are, I will make you worse. However, if I treat you as though you are what you are capable of becoming, I help you become that. One more time. If I accept you as you are, I will make you worse. However, if I treat you as though you are what you are capable of becoming, I help you become that. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary odyssey with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.